Roots Racing Culture is made possible in part by the contributions to PBS Utah from listeners like you. Thank you. Hey everybody, you're listening to Roots, Race, and Culture, a new podcast from PBS Utah. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll subscribe, leave us a review, and share with your friends. All right, now let's get this thing started. Welcome everybody to Roots, Race, and Culture, a new show on PBS Utah, where we bring you into candid conversations about shared cultural experiences. I'm Lonzo Liggins. Hi, I'm Daner Gerald. Today, we're going to uncover a piece of Utah history that's so famous, people all over the world have been singing a song about it for decades. And I'll show you. Here we go. This should be interesting. <laughs> He's about to tear it up. All right, I'm no professional. Give me a chance to warm up here. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, well, let me, let's introduce our guests here. Let's start with you, Fiona. I'm Fiona Robinson-Hill. I'm a local, I, and I'm a researcher, historian here. Awesome. Good. How about you, Robert? Uh, my name is Robert Birch. I'm executive director of Simon Hadithi African American Heritage and Culture Foundation, and we work to tell the story of black folks in Utah. Awesome. Well, that sounds good. Now let's hear the star of the show. All right, here we go. Hey, not bad. That's not bad. Uh, I'll give it a three. All right, three out of four. That's not three bad at all. Four. That's the world famous musician that sang that song. Yes, not me, but Bob Marley. I was gonna say you. That's <laughs> so Buffalo Soldier, if you don't recognize it, that is a very famous song by Bob Marley, in which he's singing about our subject today, the Buffalo Soldiers, and. He's in fact singing, not just about the soldiers in general, but he's actually in that song at one point singing about Utah's Buffalo Soldiers. So yes. let's jump into this. I can't wait to hear about this history and to share it with our audience. Yeah, let's hear about some of the historical stuff. Well, those are actually the soldiers that are prepared to go to San Juan Hill, and that's in the Spanish-American War. Uh, uh, this is with the Rough Riders, right? So yes. these are the, the black soldiers that Congress right helped establish, right. we, what, what time period? In 1866, when the, the soldiers were initially uh, uh, created, uh, separate from white soldiers in the United States. Okay. And so those are them uh, preparing to go to San Juan. And we, are, we also have a uh, flag from that, that battle at San Juan up at Fort Douglas. That's right, right <coughs> around the corner. Right now, and, and now Fiona, you've been digging deep into this history here. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit more about the soldiers in general? So the, the Buffalo Soldiers, they were the all African-American regiment in the United States Army. And they came to Utah, the first in 18, whoa. Late 1800s, late 1860, 1886. Okay, in, okay. Fort, um, in the Uinta Basin. And then they came to Salt Lake City uh, 10 years later, 1896. Okay, so you've got two different groups here. You've got those who are at Fort Duchesne, which is, from what I understand, a cavalry, the 9th Cavalry? The 9th Cavalry, and they established Fort Duchesne. They established the fort, okay. They did. Those hmm. were their orders to establish the fort. And Why then, way out there in the middle of nowhere? Um, they had specific orders to kind of help oversee, protect the mail route, and then oversee, help oversee Native American affairs oh. in that area, because um, they established the fort on the reservation that's out there. So why were they protecting the mail route? 
what was going on in the mail route. Well, there's sometimes bandits would try to steal mail and stuff like that. Oh, right? Really? Yeah. Oh, so, so being a postman back in the day was... Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just driving a little truck and dipping mail. <laughs> no, in there, you know? no, no. You had to have a gun. <laughs> yeah. So that's what they were there for, just to help to, to protect that route, to make sure that no bandits stole anything and... But also to, 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 like you said, to when you say to kind of oversee Indian affairs, because at this point in you know Utah's history, there's a lot of people coming from the east, from Nauvoo. We have a lot of uh, settlers, a lot of them LDS, and they're mixing with all of these natives who are already here, right? So why did the U.S. send these soldiers here to just kind of keep the peace or what? Yeah, to keep the peace, and it was, um, they were a federal presence in the area. So there was not really any any law out there, oh. uh, so to say. Like Salt Lake City was several, like a two-day journey. Hmm. Um, and oh. so there was, and then the closest one was Colorado. Okay. Um, so there was no jurisdiction, really. Hmm. Um, Utah wasn't a state. It was just territory. still a territory at that time. Right. Wow. So we're talking the roots of the state here. There were black soldiers here helping get things under control and settled and keeping the peace. Right. Can I ask a quick question? To take it back and keep it really basic, how did they even get the name Buffalo Soldiers? Where, like, where did that come from? Right. Right. That's a really good question. There's a couple of theories floating around. Um, you know, there's the main one that people associate with and it's their the physical description of buffaloes and then associating it with african americans um uh, being with like you know the the association with buffaloes and um, well, and they they were known for their fierceness in battle as well by the natives and that is something that that name was given to them by the Native Americans, right? Yeah. From what I understand, these natives gave them that name because they were very fond of the buffalo. They, they reverenced that animal, and so they gave them that that kind of street cred. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see the soldiers really trying to take advantage of it too. I mean, yeah. I'm going to be a buffalo. Let me put oh, on the buffalo skin. Let me put on a buffalo hat. Right. And, you and know. They, they hadn't really even seen a lot of. Africans, I'm sure, at no. that point, uh, the natives here. Right, um, and so, so they, so they, it was a very like sacred animal to the Native Americans, and and I kind of like to say like it was, uh, they adopted that with honor, that name. It was a like, yeah, I'm going to call myself a buffalo soldier, mm. and and it did like when buffaloes were cornered, they fought with everything they had to the death. Mm. And and that's why like during the, the Indian Wars time period, the Buffalo soldiers were, were out there fighting and, and that's what they did too during those time periods. So just how many soldiers are we talking about here in Utah, these uh, black cavalry and infantrymen in Salt Lake? How, how, how many are we talking about? Um, by 1896, there were over 600 um, soldiers wow. in Utah. That boosted the black population. <laughs> yeah, that changed the demographics <laughs> dramatically. And of course they were here with their families and their kids yes. and stuff too, right? Yes. So that's a, even, there was even more black people. So yeah. now- That might this, be more black folks than there are today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might have had a population <laughs> increase. We got half of them right here. That, <laughs> was, now, at that time period, wasn't that a bizarre thing to have like these 600 black people running around? and Because and, and, Utah, at that point didn't have a lot of black people running around, right? I mean, what well, was the black population prior to that? Do you know? 
How many black uh, people? No, African Americans had started coming with the regular settlement in 1847. Okay. So uh, at least uh, that I. I can think of right off the top of my head, probably about 20, 30 slaves and the rest are, are free people, business people, things so of that nature. this was the majority of, of black people in Utah were these soldiers, basically. Yeah, well, around that time, it, it, it probably would have been. But, and, and then later with the coming of the railroad would have increased that population dramatically. People coming to work on the railroad. Right, coming to work and on they, the railroad. When, when they did the census, it would have, they would have been counted amongst the citizens. So these were actually like considered citizens mm -hmm. and of, the of the state. And so, so it wasn't just like, oh, they're just visitors. They're just here right. for a short time period. They, when they did the directories, they were considered citizens. So, so it wasn't just, they're just visiting. They're just here for a short time period. Right. These are actually citizens of the state of Utah. How much did they impact the development of the state? Were they well known? I mean, what kind of? Well, the, the things that the soldiers provided were a lot of infrastructure things from roads, of course, like Fiona said, the protection of the mail. And you would think later on with the coming of telegrams and railroads and all of those type of infrastructure type of thing that okay. needed not just construction, but protection of after it's been constructed. So they they really helped provide some of the basic infrastructure for you winter basin and other places. And were they, um, is there a lot of this history in the state of Utah where do they talk about this? You grew up in Utah, is this something? I grew up in Utah too. You did? I didn't hear about the Buffalo Soldier. No. I didn't hear about them all. The only time I heard about them was through Bob Marley's song, yeah. which, you know, and, and I would love after you guys talk about this to hear about some of the lyrics in the song and how they actually, yeah. you know, relate yeah. to yeah, yeah. what happened in Utah, but So yeah. it's, 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 I was never taught it in, in school. He, I never heard about it. Um, not until I was an adult and someone pointed out, like, at the Fort Douglas Cemetery, that's where the Buffalo Soldiers are buried. It's oh, like, right what? around the corner. There's, they're right here. Yeah, There's, right around graves. the corner. Um, but even here, the so the Uinta Basin, they were part of a lot of the infrastructures. But here in Salt Lake, when the 24th Infantry got here, they... The band was a major part of the social gatherings. They played baseball. They were part of parades. Um, I'm not, I, really? Wow. Really <laughs> part of the social yes. gatherings of the city. I got to tell you something. You know, I'm a transplant to the state of Utah, here connected in a lot of ways in, a, in an ecclesiastical nature. I, I had no real connection to Utah growing up. Mm -hmm. But you don't hear very much, and I've done a documentary about early black pioneers. You don't hear much about them, and there were very few. But to see that many yeah. black citizens walking through the streets, playing their musical instruments, participating, that's a really big deal. Yes. yes. Well, that's yeah. a, a really, uh, a, really a enclave in central Salt Lake City near downtown where African-Americans frequent. Uh, and, and that's a project that we're actually working on to show that. And that's a, was one of the places that the soldiers spent a lot of time in downtown Salt Lake uh, oh. along, I, I think that this, it used to be called Worcester Street. I think it's Main Street now. Main Street. But right so now, th now. This, is, this is another project that your foundation's working on? Yeah. 
Well, you wow. know, I mean, talk about your foundation too, because you, your your foundation is called the Sema Hadithi. Right. What does that mean? It means uh, say the story or tell the story. Mm -hmm. uh, we found that a lot of people do their genealogy research, but we have to share that, and and that literally changes the narrative of what the American history, American story is. Is when we also share our story. So it's not about changing the story; it's to add the, the chapters that are missing, and that's what we want to do in downtown Salt Lake and other parts of Utah add those stories to the book. You know, I'm hearing all this for the first time growing up here. I've been in Utah for 30 some, some odd years. I moved here when I was eight years old. <clears throat> My father was in the military. And, I, and, and it begs the question, why isn't this stuff told? Why don't we hear about the Buffalo Soldiers in Utah history? I heard about everything else in Utah history. Well, it's, not, it's not even just Utah, right? It's, yeah. it's kind of a revisionist history in the United States, generally speaking, right? I mean, there's a, a ton of people and things that took place that just kind of gets swept under the rug yeah, or buried. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because there's this picture of Teddy Roosevelt and he's, it, it, I can't remember what the battle is. And it, it's the Battle of San Juan, it's right? right? And, this, and, this and that's mentioned, right. yeah, right. And that's mentioned in, in that picture. He's at the center of the picture. Most of those pictures, when they show those pictures, awesome. um, are cropped. centered on him. They crop out the black people that are at the, to the right and to the left of them. Mm -hmm. And they just show him and, and the white soldiers. Right, the Rough Riders. And, and, and you know, the thing about that, those soldiers who fought with him were the 24th Infantry who were stationed here. And right around right. the corner from when us, like a stone's throw away at Fort Douglas, right? Fort yes. Douglas. Now, the, and so that's the 24th. Yes. And in the song, this really didn't connect, click for me until just a few days ago. In the song, at the very end, he says... This is the Bob Marley song. Yes, in the wow. Bob Marley song, Buffalo Soldiers, he says, trotting through San Juan mm -hmm. in the arms of America. And I used to think, okay, that's the arms of, like, but it's no, in the, in the arms, arms with the guns. Yeah, Here they are. This is, right. this is an, a, a historical painting of the Utah soldiers, yes, the 24th Utah Infantry, soldiers. Yeah. fighting in this war with Teddy Roosevelt, right. and um, they were some of the. They were the first people at the top of the hill, trotting right. through San Juan in the arms, meaning in the arms, guns, and wearing the, with the guns of America, and and that's what I was referencing earlier. <laughs> like literally, this song is world famous. Yes, and people are singing about, about Utah, Utah soldiers, and they don't. Utah doesn't even teach this fact. Right, and and right. and again, it's significant that that banner that ended up being placed at top of that hill. It's the banner that's still at Fort Douglas. Now, you can go over and see that banner now that those African-American soldiers placed there wow. when they took San Juan Hill. So wow. when the 24th got to Utah, all the regiments of the 24th were, were in Utah, were in Salt Lake City. And they were they came to Salt Lake and they were called to the battlefront in San Juan. And then they came back to Salt Lake. So yes. anytime you hear about the 24th in San Juan, it's the ones that were in Salt Lake and they left Salt Lake, and then they came back to Salt Lake. Mm. So it's anytime you hear about the 24th or the Buffalo Soldiers, even if it's the 9th Cavalry, those were the ones in, in Duchesne, and they left Duchesne, they left Salt Lake, then they came back. So it's our Buffalo Soldiers wow. that were down there. And you can see some artifacts from here, because uh, you're, you're working with the museum at Fort Douglas and the curator there, um, what's his name? Bo. Bo. Bo Burgess. Burgess, that's right. He's been really helpful in helping you find some of this information. Yes. And they're doing a pretty good job over there of trying yes. to, to preserve this history. Yes, and, and, and that's, again, that's an organization that we've partnered with because there's so much we want to do on Buffalo Soldiers from reproducing their uniforms oh. uh, to having enactments of some of the, the uh, military leaders like uh, 
Alan Allensworth, who was the chaplain there. He was the black chaplain there at Fort Douglas, as well oh. as uh, Brigadier uh, 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 Charles Young. Uh, he was one of the uh, officers there at F uh, Fort Douglas as well. So we want to make sure that we work with Fort Douglas to kind of represent those soldiers and get people to understand it. The significant black soldiers who came through Utah are one who did outstanding jobs in the United States Army and really achieved high rank. Well, and, and I understand you guys are working on a really cool project to help make this happen, a graphic novel? Yeah. Yes. And this is where your research really is centered on, is finding all the information to fill this novel. So we have some images from that. That look amazing. Tell look us that. about this. Well, and I want to hear about Fort Damn Shame. <laughs> Tell me about Fort Damn Shame. It was for, Fort Damn Shame was a nickname um, because it was actually a failure the first six months. So they actually nicknamed it Fort Duchesne was called Fort Damn Shame. Mm. Wow, so you're right. telling the story of those soldiers from Fort Duchesne, and is, is Fort the Fort Douglas, the 24th, are they in this novel as well? Um, this is the 9th Cavalry at Fort ninth. Duchesne okay. right. uh, in the first six months. Right. And, it, and it really talks about, I want to talk about their challenges because it did start off as a failure. Mm -hmm. And because the soldiers decided that they wanted to make this happen, they made sure it happened. The leadership was not necessarily there for them to be successful. And so they took it upon themselves to make sure that that fort became what it was supposed to be. Wow, that is that is phenomenal. And you know, I really just feel like you being able to put this history into that kind of a format mm -hmm. really gives it an opportunity to reach the young audiences yes. who are not gonna necessarily hear this in school. And right. so my com my commendations to you for, for coming up with this idea. How, where is the novel in terms of uh, publication? How far are you in the development of the project? Oh, well, we're, we're quite a ways out. Uh, Fiona is uh, the, the main writer on it and uh, Riley Jensen is the artist that you see here. She's Beautiful an artwork and, and, and great the first time I saw her uh, artwork, I knew that we, we had to make a commitment to doing this because the work is beautiful, the story is beautiful, we just need to make it come alive. You know? That's fantastic. Uh, these are, 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 are some great guys that we need to remember. I've got a quick question for you. Do they talk about Buffalo Soldiers outside of Utah? Or there's, are there other? Yeah. In Texas, we talked about them. It's yeah. really big in Texas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Kansas, yeah. um, Montana. but. For some reason, Utah, it's just not a big deal. So we've got to get Utah up to date. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And this is where it starts. Yeah. This is where it starts, by, by educating people. Exactly. And you guys are doing some work in order to get that done. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the most exceptional military leaders, uh, black leaders, serve here at Fort, uh, Fort Douglas. So we need to make sure that story is told. We'll get back to this conversation on roots, race, and culture in just a moment. PBS Utah is also home to other dynamic podcasts. More Than Half covers some of the most challenging issues facing women in Utah and how it takes all of us to make change happen. Here's a clip from the episode, A Separate Space. I don't think a lot of people realize that it's just not common for people of color, especially women of color, to see themselves in the stories that, you know, we're reading. Subscribe to More Than Half wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to Roots, Race, and Culture from PBS Utah. 
Okay, well, it's time for our extended version of our show about Buffalo Soldiers. We're here with Fiona and Robert, and, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about some of the things that we didn't get to talk about in the broadcast portion. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I found very interesting as I've learned about this story is that you have three very distinct demographics here. Mm -hmm. You have the white, mostly Mormon settlers and their slaves. Mm -hmm. You have black soldiers, many of them earn their freedom by fighting in the, uh, or, or by serving in the military, these, right. these Buffalo soldiers. Right. And then you have the natives. Tell me, how did that work? You have these three <laughs> different groups blending together here. Um, it's very interesting because for, for all these different groups, you actually, you would think there was a lot of conflict, but looking at the history, it was actually fairly peaceful. Okay. Um, I mean, you have your little, skirmishes every now and again when looking at the history you know there's there's uh some crime going on yeah. um but but relatively it's a very peaceful time up in the uinta basin and i heard <laughs> that they were supposed to leave at some point to do some other campaign but people wanted them to stay yes yeah, so during the spanish war they were all the buffalo soldiers were supposed to be sent out mm -hmm. um because it, it's actually kind of fascinating uh, the war department um they were the first ones sent out because they thought because of the color of the skin they were they would be more um suited uh -huh. for the um, the climate. climate. Okay. So they were all the Buffalo soldiers were supposed to be sent to the they uh, were front line. Front right? line. They were first. like Marines, first ones in. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, but the white settlers in the Uinta Basin were like, no, we don't want the cavalry to go because we're scared of what's going to happen if they leave. So they like petitioned the War Department and one or two units actually stayed at Fort Duchesne. Just to kind of keep, keep the peace. Keep them to, to, to make sure that everybody so, there. Yeah. so essentially, first off, they were a little hesitant to have these black soldiers there. Right. Mm -hmm. Then once they saw the use and was once they got to know them the a little more, right. they overcame some of the stereotypes. They said, well, actually, <laughs> these yeah. guys are good bouncers. It is a thing of uh, benefit as well as character. Because mm -hmm. one of the things, you, when you think about it, in 1866, these are men who are newly freed slaves. Mm. Right. These are men who are, a lot of them might have already been free. And some of these men, as we get into the 1900s, are men who are first generation freedmen. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot to prove. Mm -hmm. They want to show that they can get the job done. Mm -hmm. And so what is happening is that uh, Utah, and particularly Salt Lake City, is expecting one type of character. Mm but the character that they're finding in these soldiers are completely different. You know, mm -hmm. that reminds me of yeah. something. I, I remember doing a documentary with mm -hmm. uh, Darius Gray, and he mm -hmm. told me that, uh, I will say late 60s, early 70s, mm -hmm. when he was a prominent person, he was in the police chief's office, the police chief of Salt Lake City, and he laid out for him this plan that mm -hmm. they had constructed of what they were gonna do in Salt Lake City when 
we were raided and attacked by Negroes. They, they yeah. literally thought that black people were going to come, I don't know, from California or wherever. When and was this? This is the 60s? This is late 60s, early 70s, that they were gonna, just going to come and rape mm -hmm. and pillage and act like Vikings <laughs> and take over, <laughs> yeah. take over Utah. So they, they had, no, this is, and, and now this is firsthand account. He's telling me the police like, yeah, we're going to have, you know, armed men on these buildings and, you know, maybe women and children are going to go into these buildings. They had an entire plan for this mm -hmm. raid that yeah. they expected to happen. That never happened. And, and of course it never happened, <laughs> but I'm sitting here thinking, you know, if they had been teaching about Buffalo soldiers in Utah history, that might've changed their attitude. Right. <laughs> I think, I, I think it's, it's, it's an American issue where we create a perspective and we expect 99.99% of that population to fit that narrow view. That stereotype, what, right? Right. They, and and what, what, what they've be, slowly begin to understand and find is that the fact is, is that the exception is the corrupt, the bad, the evil. Right. But most people like those soldiers, those are just coming men like you and me. These right. are exceptional soldiers because they came from a background that demanded the best out of them. Like I said, they're just coming out of slavery. They're, their background is demanding that they be a certain type of person and that it stands all the way up and up until now, actually. Yeah, and they actually, so when the 24th, when they found out they the 24th was actually coming to Salt Lake, um, there was a senator who actually, like, he went to D.C. and he actually went in person mm -hmm. to petition the War Department, no, we don't like want a them Utah here. Utah senator? Yes, Senator Cannon. Wow. And he was like, no, we don't want them here. The people of Salt Lake don't want them here. Um, and it was his perception. There were perceptions they had at the time. Right. What were those perceptions? Did you ever uncover um, well, that? Well, it was they, a slave state at that time, first of all, right? They, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, and he, they wrote, like, slanders, newspaper articles like they're they're um drunken disorderly oh, they're wow. gonna like that same um persona of these people mm. um and the war department said up oh, to like there's nothing we can do the orders are You're already, stuck in. With the <laughs> <laughs> they're already marching what's <laughs> funny is that i read this uh i, I was researching this, this some, some slave stuff back in the day and i remember i saw these old advertisements they used to have for slavery I mean, slavery mm -hmm. was a business right and how they would describe the slaves how they would talk about african people they would say and i remember the words distinctly they would describe them as affable friendly musical very wow. fun-loving people. Musical. Well, the the, right. the band was a big deal. The, right. the, the the 24th Infantry Band was one of the best bands in the mm -hmm. U.S. military. So there well, you go, musical. And, and here <laughs> it is, post, like uh, once once they started to talk about freeing slaves, then the descriptions of them got worse. Cheers. It got darker. Mm -hmm. It went from affable, friendly, and loving to, you know, dark and lazy and sloth, and, right, and they right. need to be controlled by these, you know, exactly. these slave masters in order to keep them in, in line. Oh. And these stereotypes emerged. You know, but, you, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the Buffalo Soldiers were actually so the 24th, the 25th, the 9th, and the 10th were some of the like best disciplined, the most well behaved. Um, the the they had the lowest desertion rates wow. in the United States Army. So they had um, a really good reputation. They had the the best reputation in the United States Army at the time. Um, no kidding. And Whoa. so they had. All they had all these people write to the newspapers, um, like the Salt Lake Tribune, the Salt Lake Herald, or not the Tribune, it wasn't at the time, but the Salt Lake Herald, the Deseret News, um, the Broadaxe, and, and say, what were they saying? They're saying, hey, this is not true. You guys need to calm down because mm -hmm. 
the 24th is great. You should yeah. be so lucky to have the 24th come to Salt Lake. I want to say something, though. I think that what, and this has to do with our, our society and our culture these days, I feel like what happens in people's minds, a lot of that perception comes from a sense of guilt. I think it's this feeling of like, well, man, I wonder if, they, I don't want them to do to us what we did to right. them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like because of the transatlantic slave trade and, and the way the whole enslaved slave system worked, um, it, it really gave people this feeling of like, well, there's gonna be retribution, we're gonna have to pay for that. But then you see, that is the problem, this idea of that, well, if I'm doing it, then everybody else is gonna right. do it too. And I, and I think that's part of the narrative is that uh, there is to me, cause I served in the military. Okay. And there is to me that, that, that feeling that, you know, these black men and, and now in modern day, 30% of all military men ever serving in the United States uh -huh. were African-American. Wow, Even though we're only percentage. 13 to 14% of the population, 30% of us have served in the military. So I, I think that there is mm. that kind of fear that there are well-trained black men out there who, right, who right. can do whatever <laughs> they want. But this is, a, this is the thing is that we have to understand that, you know, these, our African-American culture goes back all the way to the 1600s. Right. This is our country. I mean, we're not trying to destroy right, right. our country, you know? <laughs> uh, and so immediately after slavery, you get these people in the first two years, they built 13 colleges to educate black children. Yeah, they, HBCUs, right? Right, they're coming out of a culture of enslavement, understanding that we have to educate ourselves, yeah. we have to prove and right. get that where we have to prove that we are better than what they say. Mm. And so these men that we're sending into the military are, are men who are coming from a culture that already understands that 100% of us have to be 100 all the time. Right, right. And that still translates today. I mean, right. you, you're you not gonna maybe necessarily have to do, have the conversation with your children that I or some of these gentlemen have with their children. Right. I've told my kids before because of that mentality that still mm -hmm. goes on, like, look, to be equal, you have to be better. You have to be better. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? There's no, it's there. There's no way around that. You know, it's it's it. It has to do with the, how you deal with police. It has to mm -hmm. do with, you know, the way you behave in school. Right. All of these things to prove that you are not what people think you are. Right. You have to go above and beyond right. what their bar is set at. Yeah, and I th and I think part of what really helps too. Uh, especially with the young black children, is to understand history. Yes. Mm. History is an important thing to understand. What you guys are bringing to the to the table, talking about this history, helps to allow people, especially black children, to understand where they came from and that they yes. did come from people who were hardworking, who did do mm -hmm. well. Right. And you know, it, it it makes me wonder what is it that Utahns can do mm. now <clears throat> to help bring this story to light. I mean, how, how what is it well, that you guys are doing on your, in, yeah. in your organization well, where I could, where, where we could tell Utah's, look, well, if how you want to help get this, involved? How, yeah, can how can we get involved? How could we, you know, be a part of this story being propelled to a different level? Well, I, the, the theme of Simon Hadithi for me has always been unity through historical truth. Mm -hmm. So first we had to quit arguing about the lies mm -hmm. and have conversations about the truth. Uh, so we've had 400 years of arguing over the lies. Mm -hmm. So the point of doing the history is that, that we now have this truth that we can address and try to, 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 to draw what it, from it what we can. Like with Buffalo Soldiers, these mm -hmm. are exceptional men right. who come from a, a background who, who expect 
them to be exceptional. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's part of the narrative that we're trying to change here in Utah through their example. And that's just not in, in, in the military. That's been in business. Mm-hmm. That's been in education. The arts. Yeah. The, the, the whole nine yards. We've had excellent educators here in Utah. Oh, uh, uh, who, well, who, that, that might be a good subject for right. for for another episode. <laughs> exactly. like whether it's Brenda Burrell or uh, uh, Kathleen Christie, mm. uh, these are women who've spent their entire lives making sure that the black children of Utah are being well educated. Wow! So, well, That's, you guys are doing, you're, you're trying to build a, a statue for the for, for the Buffalo Soldiers, correct? Uh, well, that's something that we've talked about. We're long you would like to. That. Yes. Okay. But, but, but looking because for the... there are places here in Utah that we could do that. And we've only had some conversations about some of those places that we might want that to be. But. So that's further down the road. Well, well, I'm really excited to see this novel, this graphic novel when it's done. I'm going to make sure I have a copy and then it's on my uh, coffee table. I don't drink coffee, but <laughs> I got a coffee table and okay. I want to make sure my kids can read it and, yes. and I can share it with friends and family when they come by. So I, I'm just so excited about what you guys are doing Me and too. about the quality, quality with which you're doing it. And yeah. so we appreciate your time and for sharing these stories and, and just really understanding the shared experience that we all have as mm-hmm. people in this community, whether you're black, native, white, doesn't matter. We all share this history together and, mm-hmm. and, and it's important for us to recognize that and grow from that. So. Yeah. And we've contributed to the growth of this state yeah. too. And we yeah. continue to contribute to the growth of this state yeah. and it's important that you guys are showing that. So yeah. now. Can you give us some more information about Simhadithi, where we can find some more of these projects? Because there's much more to talk about here than we have time for. Oh, yeah. We, we have a great team of researchers, about 40 total, that are working on the history of black people in Utah. Uh, but if you go to simhadithi.org, okay. uh, you can go on and just make sure you sign up to go into the museum, sign up for our newsletter, and you'll get uh, a lot of information of all of the projects that we got coming uh, soon. We're going to be working on an Equal Justice Initiative project a mural for Richmond Park, uh, a lot of different projects coming up here in this June that you would see us, us working on, as well as Buffalo Soldiers, of course. I just want to say thank you guys uh, mm-hmm. for sharing this information, for bringing this to life for Utah, for the, the students, for the audience, for the people. I, I'm so happy that we were able to bring this story to people and and share their history. I'm sure these people are happy that that <laughs> their story is being told. I'd love for for my kids' kids to learn about this in school. Definitely. Right. So thank you guys for your time. You're thank welcome. You. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Roots, Race, and Culture. Check out our website for even more content, including interviews with some pretty dope BIPOC business owners. You can find all that in a bag of chips at pbsutah.org slash roots. And you'd be doing us a solid if you told all your friends about our show. But until next time, y'all, we are out. <laughs>